This is the Four Man Rush. Hello, Panther fans, and welcome to another podcast of the Four Man Rush. I'm your host, Timmy VO, here with Kevin, Larry, and Will, the OGs of the Four Man Rush crew. Let's go. All right, so folks, we're on a two-game win streak, and we're going to talk about that precisely, and uh, then we'll skip on over to the uh, preview of the Atlanta-Carolina matchup. Um, Atlanta's been hit with some injuries, man, but you know, it's, it's a division game. Who, who knows? <laughs> who knows how that's going to turn out? We're seeing crazier things happen. Um, but yeah, I hope you guys are enjoying this uh, two-game win streak. Um, it's it's a, it's a wonderful to see. Um, especially the the progression of those young players, um, the the skill sets are showing are showing up, the uh, the the coaching is showing through, and I I I, I know I, I can speak for everybody when I say this, we are happy to see some Carolina Panther football because that's what it looks like, people getting being aggressive, running the football with with purpose, you know you know converting on third downs and you know just just playing just playing some good solid football and uh, we're going to talk about that in detail so. Hold on to your hats, folks. The four-man rush is on the scene. Kevin, talk about it, man. What's up? What's up? What's up? I'm digging this two-game win streak shit, man. I'm loving it. Yeah, well, for me, this win was particularly special for me because I was able to actually be at the stadium for this game. Now that North Carolina's in phase three, uh, 7% of the stadium capacity was allowed, which means about, I think, 5,800 tickets went on sale. You know, as you guys know, I wanted to keep I was one of the five people that wanted to keep the streak alive contest. So uh, I got two tickets. So me and my daughter, we got two lower level tickets uh, right behind the um, goal posts with the buildings to the back of us. Uh, so we was on that side of the stadium, like the uh, east side, uh, you know, just a uh, just a great overall experience and, um, and everything. But as far as the game itself, you know, starting off with. Uh, our first two drives being touchdown drives was definitely something that I was excited to see. You know, we start off with a 66 yard drive opening drive that, uh, that we had that resulted in a touchdown run by Mike Davis. And then uh, the second drive was an 80 yard drive. They ended up with a touchdown run by Teddy Bridgewater, which was nifty mm. to see. So, mm. you know, first quarter coming out, putting 14 points. When the last time we seen that? You know, as Carolina Panther fans, like first two drives, touchdowns. I mean, I was like, all right, run it up. You know, let's go. <laughs> let's get it. You know, I'm yelling all in my mask, smelling my breath, about to pass out. But it was all good, though, you know. But, uh, <laughs> but man, it was just a good atmosphere to be in. It was just good to just feel the energy of the of the little bit of crowd that was there. Uh, overall, I just like I just like the energy and the confidence that I'm slowly starting to see to grow. Uh, within this team overall, you just see a lot of guys that when they make a mistake, they're coming back and they're making up for it. We know mistakes mm-hmm. going to happen because the other team is paid to make plays as well. Uh, I just like the fact that this team is is slowly growing and emerging in their eyes. And as I said on the previous episodes, this was my version of the fourth quote unquote preseason game per se for them. So we didn't got four games up under our belts. I have no more excuses for lack of execution and production moving forward. Um, I just think that uh, it was just a good, a good solid overall performance by the team. Uh, we saw some big plays, um, 
being made on both sides of the ball. Overall, it was just a it was a well-played game. We controlled the time of possession uh, from the opening tip. And uh, it was just a great it was just a great overall team win. And I'm I was glad I was able to uh, witness it in person. Mm. Good, good, good energy and just a good time was had. Right on, man. Yes, sir. <laughs> good times. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> hey, uh, Larry, man, what'd you think about the game, brother? Well, y'all know where I like to run with it. Um, the difference of this game was the trenches. Yes. Uh, zero sacks given up. That's the key to success when it comes to what Kevin described as far as how the offense was moving, 14 points, first two drives. We moved the ball well all game long. Dominated the time of possession. Little do you know that starts with the trenches. Everybody blocked well. Everybody went on their assignments. Mm-hmm. You know, still not perfect. Still a couple missed assignments. Still seeing some weaknesses. But the fact that you see the offensive line gelling together and getting better every week, that says a lot to me. So I have no complaints. I've already beat a dead horse as far as the guys I got a problem with and what they need to improve. Mm-hmm. I just want to say that I saw a major improvement from all five guys. Well, all six guys, you know. Uh, Trent Scott is like a rotational guy for us. He played pretty well, too. Right. Going to the defensive side of the ball, my biggest issue week one and week two and parts of week three is that we weren't seeing the technique. We weren't seeing the, the violent hands. We weren't seeing the pass rush moves. I can't say that about this week. You know, we got a rookie edge rusher got his first, tack, uh, his first sack, and it was a strip sack at that. And if you look at that play, it was a perfectly executed dip and rip with a little bit of club in there. Yep. Got rid of his got rid of his opponent, got right to the quarterback. So week one, we complained about gross like that. He, he wasn't making those plays or he was getting close or he didn't see the effort. Can't say anything about that this week. Brian Burns is Brian Burns, as dominant as he usually is, hitting the quarterback. He had about three really, really good licks on Kyler Murray. And I know <laughs> it kind of he it kind of changed the way the game was going because now Kyler Murray's looking out for this guy. He's sticking so at like At certain times, you saw Kyler Murray, a young quarterback, looking kind of rattled back there. And that's what you do. That's what happens when you constantly, constantly getting good licks on him. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people have been complaining about Derrick Brown, me being one of them. I never said he was like a bad player or anything like that. I just wanted to see more technique. I wanted to see him develop. Mm-hmm. When you see him develop, you see the results. I don't know how many tackles for a loss he had this week, but I know he had a few. And on one particular play, he executed a perfect, perfect pass rush, well, a rush move. He shocked his defender, I think it was the center, snatched him up and shattered him and made the tackle in the backfield. Hmm. We didn't see stuff like that from him week one. He was just trying to be a he was just trying to be a bull and just run through everything. But when you see technique, you see the development. Hmm. So I'm focusing on the trenches, but it's a good a good team win. But I just want y'all to know that the start of that all happened in the trenches. You've seen growth out of every single guy that takes snap, takes snaps with his hand in the dirt, basically. Mm. And those are my takeaways from the game. Word, word, word. Well, what'd you think, man? I really like how the offense just came out and set the tone this week. Just these long, sustainable drives, and then they're finishing them with seven. And that's just the way to build a lead and hold on to it throughout the game. Just dominate time of possession, get your defense, rest, keep Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins on the sidelines. I thought that was the key to the game early on. Joe Brady called a great game. I mean, with the man beaters, he was running against the Cardinals with the rough, shallow cross routes underneath the corners routes. Mm -hmm. But Teddy played a great game, probably his best game as a Panther. Mm -hmm. 
so far. And when he sees the backs turned and man coverage, what does he do? He takes off and runs. We saw Vivian didn't know that he had that in his game <laughs> to be able to make guys miss, get an 18-yard touchdown run and make a play for his team. Then just the other third down conversions and you know, with the Cardinals playing cover two man or cover one, forcing them to fit the ball in the tight windows, he was able to do that. I mean, the second half, we saw two critical third down completions to Curtis Samuel to keep the drive going, keep the clock moving and help build that lead and finish the drive and put them away. And that's just something that we didn't see from the previous regime with Ron Rivera. I think on one of the passes to Curtis Samuel, uh, Curtis was running this deep out. I mean, and Teddy just threw a beautiful touch pass right over the outstretched arms of the corner. They were able to convert that one on like a third and 12, I believe, and then another one where the Cardinals were coming in a cover two man. And then Teddy noticed the guy covering Curtis had his back turned to him. Mm -hmm. So what they always say, back turned wide open, he was able to zip a rocket right to Curtis to convert that one as well. Mm -hmm. So I thought the offense, you know, Joe Brady, Bridgewater, the wide receivers all had excellent games. Robbie Anderson starting to look like a true number one wide receiver for us, the way he's able to consistently get open, get separation, showing that he's more than just a deep threat. You know, he can run the shallow crosses, deep outs, the come across the middle, do all of that stuff. So I think uh, DJ Moore as well, he's just that reliable receiver. You know, he had a good drop early in the game, but he made up for it. Made a lot of key. He made another third down catch as well on a shallow cross. He was able to break a tackle mm -hmm. and get a first down, and they missed the face mask call. Yeah. So, and then I like the way that they were rotating the receivers as well. We saw Farrell Cooper and Zilstra and all these other guys being able to get Seth Roberts, being able to get reps and get in the game. And we saw a little bit more involvement from the tight ends. I mean, Chris Manhurts had a nice catch for 17 yards to set up mm -hmm. a fourth and two which we were able to convert, and he almost made an excellent catch right over a defender, <laughs> yeah. which they got a pass interference call, and we got the ball yeah. inside the five-yard line, and then Ian Thomas scored his first touchdown of the season. Mm -hmm. So this was a good – I just like how the ball was spread around. I like the game. Joe Brady called probably the best performance from the offense we've seen all year. If there was any areas of improvement for the offense, I mean, not to be nitpicky, but, you know, maybe – Teddy could get a couple of throws back. And I think there were a couple of close calls with throwing in the coverage that was almost intercepted. But I think the interception itself that he threw, that was just a good coverage disguise hmm. by the Cardinals. If you watch the All-22, you'll see Patrick Peterson starts out as the outside corner, kind of rotates center field to give Teddy a different look, bait him into throwing that corner out to Ian Thomas. Then he comes over top and gets the interception. So it's kind of like an inverted cover two type of deal they were trying to pull on there. So it was a good, got to give the defense some credit as well. As far as the running backs go, I mean, Mike Davis looking like a starting running back in this league the last couple yep. of weeks with Christian McCaffrey out. He runs hard, mm -hmm. got nice soft hands, breaks tackles, good vision and good feet for a guy his size. And then Reggie Bonifant, unfortunately, he just got placed on IR today, so he's going to miss some time. But he just added that change of pace back and every time he touches the ball, it seems like it's an explosive play waiting to happen. So so the offense, I really liked how they came out and set the tone this game on. Defensively, I think what they did a good job of was just keeping everything in front of them and winning on third down. Hmm. I mean, Dante Jackson made a couple 
good pass breakups. He did get beat on a touchdown, but it happens. I thought overall he played a pretty decent game. I mean, Rasul Douglas, I mean, talk about a steal from that science pickup off of waivers from the – not waivers, but after the Philadelphia Eagles released him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was tasked with uh, manning up against DeAndre Hopkins on a couple of plays, and he played really well and held his own. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's looking forward to these challenges, and he's earning that starting spot. As that corner opposite Dante, I thought the safeties had a pretty good games as well. Jeff Burris probably had, or Justin Burris probably had his best game as a Panther so far. Like the heads up play Trey Boston made on that forced fumble. Because yeah. when you challenge it, remember you have to make that clear recovery in order for the challenge to go in your favor. If there's no clear recovery on the fumble, mm-hmm. the play will get ruled a fumble, but the offense would have retained possession. But Trey made the heads up play to make the clear fumble recovery so that we could get possession of the football. So I thought that was kind of a slept on play that he was able to make mm-hmm. as well. So, and then, I mean, got to give a shout out to the linebackers too. I mean, Shaq Thompson had a pretty decent game and Jermaine Carter filled in on a couple series, stepped in, made a nice tackle for loss. Yep. And Jeremy Chen, as always, just all over the field, making plays always around the football. I just think mm-hmm. it's a matter of time before, we start seeing him get those interceptions and force fumbles and to get those takeaways as well. So just good team win, good complimentary football. Really look forward to seeing what these guys have in store for us for the last 12 games of the year. Hey, well, I'm not going to let you take all accountability for that, though, because uh, you said you mentioned Teddy Bridgewater and a couple of those throws he wish he would have had back. I got to take accountability for that because – and a couple of those throws, it was just because I use Greg Little as an example. He just got beat, beat inside. The, the, line, the uh, defensive end has a straight side to quarterback. Teddy just being Teddy, just trying to get rid of the football. So that's what I was mentioning earlier. There's still some things we need to fix. But overall, like everything you said was on point. And I have to come defend to hear Whitehead this week because he's always getting ridiculed and scolded by Panther Nation. Mm-hmm. But if you pay attention, he was a lot better on his tackle angles this week. And that made a difference to the game, too. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and, you know, for me, just looking overall, what wasn't mentioned was that the uh, defense had a historically good day. Um, Overall, with this performance against the Cardinals, seemed like whenever we play the Cardinals in Charlotte, we always have a historical day. Remember back in the 2014 wildcard game, uh, we set a record for, I think, what, fewest yards allowed or something like that Mm. Um, in that game when it was on like their third string quarterback. uh, Well, with this game here, um, it was the first time in NFL history that a quarterback uh, had at least 24 completions, but the fewest passing yards of 133 yards. So, you know, for all this talk about, you know, from certain few Panther fans, I'm complaining about Will Phil Snow, our defense coordinator defense. I mean, Hey, we just set a, a all-time NFL record uh, with that. So, yeah, 133 yards on 24 completions. That's the fewest ever in NFL history mm. um, for uh, by defense on a quarterback. Um, and another thing to talk about, you know, what Larry's saying about the trenches. Uh, the Panthers are now ranked fifth best offensive line, giving up um, 16% pressures allowed per drop back this season, which is fifth best in the NFL. Wow. You know, so – Hey, we're wow. two and two, but we, we're growing. And 
still a lot of work to be done. Like Will said last week, long, 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 long way to go. But we're we're trending. We're 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 taking them steps. Matt Rule loves saying, you know, we try to get one percent better each day. Where them one percents are adding up to five percent with the production we're seeing on the field. So I just like overall just um, you know just the fact that this team is is making mistakes but making up for it and and doing what it takes to secure secure the win. Also broke a record for first down, didn't we, Cat? Offensively, thirty. Uh we tied a record. The um, it was uh, 30, 30 first downs uh, tied the all time franchise record. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I mean, time of possession, we had the ball nearly 38 minutes, well, 37 minutes to yeah. uh, their 23 minutes. Yeah. Um, total yardage, we had 444 yards to their 262. Our 30 first down to their 21 first downs. Uh, we negate each other in um, in turnovers. Uh, but, man, it was um, – Only one punt. We punted one, yeah, one time point. in four quarters, folks. Once. Once. <laughs> Once. So – Talk about talk about some things we never seen before. You know, when you change the culture, it trickles down onto the field. We're seeing things being done on the field that's rarely seen or never been done before. Mm-hmm. Uh, third down on on offense, seven out of eleven. Damn, when the last time you seen us with that type of Buddy. Uh, conversion? Sheesh. On the flip side, of our third down defense, Cardinals were three for nine. That's what I'm talking Sheesh. about. Get them off our field. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, so, hey, Kevin, speaking of third down. Don't you notice that, you know, the reason why we're probably converting those third downs is because we're finding ways to to knock off and keep and stay ahead of the chain? That's things we didn't see in the past. Like we get second and 12, oh, Cam going to mess this up, drive over punt. It's like we're chipping away at yards because we're getting positive plays almost every play. That's just what I like to see, man. I can't mm-hmm. even – I can't. I can't even tell you how excited about I am because it's been so long. <laughs> I don't even think I've ever seen this type of offense before. Yeah. Yeah, it's the fact that, you know, you were just talking about yards per play. We was getting six yards per play. So we're sitting there second and four, second and five on a lot. Like you said, stand, you know, stand ahead of the chains, um, you know, yards per pass, seven and a half yards. So, you know, I mean, it's just it's just slowly, slowly coming about coming together out of those 30 first downs. Only two were by penalties. We had 17 passing first downs and 11 rushing. You know, when McCaffrey went down, went out, we who would have thought we would have been able to to do what we do. And, and when I brought up McCaffrey, let me just go ahead and 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 kill that noise for those that want to use that analytic crap knowledge that since the Panthers are winning without McCaffrey and Man. doing well, that we overpaid for a running back and we're getting the same production from guys that's barely making above minimum salary. Man, Can y'all please stop. shut the fuck up? God, I, I just gotta say it like how I feel. Shut the fuck up. I mean, for real. That noise to the side, right? And 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 look look at the fact that we can now have a multitude of weapons all at once once everybody get healthy. You know. So and, and on top of that, I mean, let's think about that, folks. What what McCaffrey did last year? How many NFL running backs have done that in the total history of the NFL? I think only three or four. Uh, three. Three, Falk and Marshall Falk and Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey, And you people want to get rid of a man in that company? And they're not looking at the fact that even when, even though he's he's on the field so much, even when he's not getting touches, if you actually understand the way defensive defensive game plan, 
They have to watch 22 every play, no every matter what's play. going on. That's right. They have to watch 22 and see what he's doing. So that that frees up other guys. So the $16 million is always going to be worth it to me. Amen. I'm sorry. Speak on it, man. Word. I mean, what you don't – what you're not seeing, though, is the second and third level yards he's able to get. Like, when you – when we're up 31-21 or 31-14 and we're trying to, you know, put, the, put our foot on their neck and – Establish that dominant. That's when McCaffrey typically busts off that sixty yarder, that seventy yarder, and <laughs> puts the game away. So mm-hmm. as great as Bonifon and Davis are doing, they don't have that next gear to be able to make those explosive, long plays that Christian McCaffrey's able to make. So I still think he's more than a big part of what this offense is and what they want to do. I mean, he's mm-hmm. going to be a part of that identity. Mm-hmm. I mean, if anything, when he gets back, now we know that we can distribute the ball and. You know, he doesn't have to play 98% of the snaps. Maybe that can become 75%. Instead, he can probably take more reps in the slot as a wide receiver mm-hmm. and create those mismatches and keep Davis on the field as well. Mm-hmm. So I just think it gives you options. And with you have an offense of mine like Joe Brady, options are always a good thing. Ooh, boy, he's going to dial up some stuff, man. He was he was like Dr. Dr. Frankenstein out there uh, on Sunday, bro. He was, whew, God almighty. It's alive. <laughs> Yo, can we also shout out Taylor Bridgewater for showing some wheels um, as yeah. well uh, on Sunday? I think he Bruh. had, let me pull up his uh, rushing stats. He had uh, six, six carries, 32 yards, 5.3 yards, average and a touchdown. I mean, mm. you know, mm. hey, that, that, uh, that bootleg on fourth and two was brilliant. And, and can we shout out? Coach Rule for for going for a fourth down early to set the tone to keep the drive alive. That's right. I, I hate to say it, you know, because you know he's he's going through some things, but we know if that was Rivera though. It'd have been a punt or a field goal attempt, yep. and Rule was like, "Nah, let mm. let's go. I got a play in mind." So yeah, um, yeah, Teddy Bridgewater with the uh, with the ability to um, uh, to give that. I mean, hey. You know, with with that type, you know, we could throw in maybe a possible little little read action type thing to you know give us give teams something else to think about. Nothing like how we used to do, you know, not yeah, read action, fine. read option rather. But mm-hmm. you know, like you said, like we'll just say, give 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 um, Joe Brady some some weapons and some versatility because obviously the man is is a uh, you know he's been critical criticized being thirty years old as an offense coordinator. Clearly after. Uh, four games so far, he's showing that he definitely uh, belongs here. Mm-hmm. He's a problem, man. Joe Brady, Joe Brady's a problem, folks. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing with Taylor. You can nitpick. Oh, he missed a throw here, throw there. I mean, a guy at three hundred yards of offense and three touchdowns. Right. You know what I mean, right. there's only so much you can ask for him at that point. I mean, his fourth game as a starter. I mean, you just like the direction that he's going and taking this offense. He looks comfortable. He looks in charge. Everybody flocks to him. He's the leader of the team. Mm-hmm. And then this is his offense right now with McCaffrey out. I mean, he's got to put the team on his backs and win games. And so far, he's been able to do that. Love it. Love it. Progression, folks. Progression. And that's what we're seeing week to week. We get <laughs> Hats off the temper for bringing in this coaching staff, too, by the way. But I have my doubts, man. Shh. Rules that dude, man. I, I've been watching his press conferences on Mondays, you know, talking and, you know, 
he doesn't. <laughs> he really even cracks a smile, man. He's all, he's all business, man, but he's always positive. You know, he, he's always positive, and I, you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing, man. I, I love this coaching staff so far. He's uh, got a great way of instilling confidence in his players too. Mm-hmm. That's another thing I picked up on. But hey, that's a story for a different time. I'll give y'all an example <laughs> later. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, because he said something about Greg Little. He said he's been uh, one of the first guys in the building. Yeah. So, you, you know what it is. Like, we, we know what Greg Little is, but the fact that you're still pushing confidence into that young man, that just, that speaks volumes to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you see the energy he brings to the special teams unit, too. You talk about setting the tone. I mean, Sam Franklin, who's a guy I mentioned back during training camp as a sleeper to watch out for him. He comes in and blocks a punt yeah. and gets us good starting field position early on in the game. So mm-hmm. these special teams plays, it was always three phases and you're seeing two weeks in a row, the special teams making a difference and contributing to these wins. I mean, last week we had the five field goals from Sly and JJ Jansen making the down in the punt inside the one this week. We had Sam Franklin getting in on the punt block and getting the offense good field position to help build that lead on the Cardinals. So mm-hmm. hopefully we can continue to see this special teams unit create plays for us to put our offense and defense in good position. I know. And another thing, add on that, um, Larry, what you thought about um, the return of Kawan short? Because I know people look at his stats and be like one tackle, but I saw a guy that struggled a little bit in the first quarter, but it seemed like once he got his second win, he was out there affecting plays, even though, you know, the stat sheet won't support it. You know, this was his first game back after missing the uh, uh, missing the last three, I believe. So what, what did you think about it? You don't get the dominance that you got from Derrick Brown without Kawan Short. If you pay attention, Kawan, he's drawing all those double teams. His pedigree alone, he has a name in his league. He's somebody that the offensive line is definitely going to game plan for every single week. So even though he's not showing up in the stat sheet, I still see him pushing the pocket. In pretty much every play, he's he's the one that's commanding the double team. So now it's going to be like you got to pick your poison. You want to double team Brown because when you start double teaming Brown, Kawan's going to get off. Mm-hmm. He's going to have his games this year, but just him being back on the field, you saw an overall much improved performance from the entire defensive line. So that just speaks volumes as well. Good point, man. I mean, I I can't I can't imagine being a, a an OC and having to. <laughs> deal with that front four, and now you know um, Matos is is getting his is getting his rocks off, man. It, we got we got a lot of football left to play this year, folks. And these, these young boys stay healthy, man. They just going to get better and better and better. And boy, watch out, watch out. Chan's getting off. I, Jesus Christ, man. I, I, mm. I, didn't, I like Will said in uh, the post game, man. I did not see them getting getting this type of progression in their skill set this early i just didn't see it as a uh, overall as a team i just i, I didn't think they'd be clicking like this right right now but, uh, hey tim i wanted to ask will something real quick um deandre hopkins came in as the nfl's top receiver leading in receptions and yards i know he was coming in a little hobbled and didn't really practice much this week he was held to seven catches and 41 yards was that mostly rasu douglas or was it a combination of uh, Douglas and Jackson, like who? Who did you see? You know, keeping a a tight leash on um on the number one receiver coming into the league this week, Will? Well, stop players like that. It's a team effort. I think with Hopkins, one thing he's 
very good at getting yards after the catch. Mm-hmm. You just saw a good swarm tackling on those screen passes to get him down once he caught the ball. You saw different coverage looks they were given on the Russell Douglas play. They mm-hmm. had a guy in the flat to take away the underneath while Russell was playing over the top to prevent the vertical route. He mm-hmm. did a good job of using that sideline as a 12th mm-hmm. defender, forcing that tight window throw for Kyler Murray and Yes, DeAndre Hopkins stepped out of bounds, so he was ineligible to catch the ball anyway. I just think a lot of things, scheme, good tackling, and a little bit of coverage as well from Russell Douglas. you got to give him credit as well. I think we're going to need that this week, assuming we're going to see uh, Julio Jones strap up this week. I don't know what his injury status is, but I mean, that's two weeks. I mean, we've played great receivers every week so far. I mean, you got Henry Ruggs for the Raiders, Keenan Allen for the Chargers. Uh, Tampa Evans, Bay's. Mike Evans for yeah. the Bucks and DeAndre Hopkins now. And I think the defense has held their own against the best of the best. So let's just see how they continue to scheme up and try to contain these guys. But the biggest thing to me, what it looks like Phil Snow likes to do, is win on third down. You want to get off the field. Hmm. So you'll bend a little on first and second down. And when you can get in, whether it's third and two, third and four, that's when you strap up and try to win and get off the field. And it really helps, too, if you can get that pass pressure on first and second down or they get some penalties to kind of put them in that third and long situation. But it's really trying to get the offense off the field and winning on third down. Seems like it was a point of emphasis for the defense, and they did a good job of it. That's a nice uh, nice segue into the uh, Atlanta game that's uh, coming up on Sunday, going down to OATL. And uh, I can tell you right now, folks, these, these guys are – Blood boiling about this one. This 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 needs to become a W. Straight up, this this needs to be a W. Considering we haven't won in Atlanta. So how long, Kevin? How long has it been since we won in Atlanta? Since twenty fourteen. Since since Obama and Michelle was walking around in the White House eating Fruit Loops. <laughs> this man said Fruit Loops. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, yeah, we need to we need to win this. This this needs to be a W. And uh, so uh, let's let's talk about how we can get that. What's what's Atlanta bringing that we need to worry about? And uh, what do we need to do to to, to whoop that bird ass, uh, Kev? Tim, if you don't mind, I like to give it to Larry since he's down in Atlanta. Oh he's, yeah, he's got inside. He's got the inside scoop on what he hears on the radio and the TV down there. So yeah. if you don't mind, I like to ha- pass off to my man there. Go ahead, go ahead, Larry. Get the insight. Um, I'll, I'll start off by saying fuck the Falcons. I think everybody knows there's no team that I hate more in the National Football League than the Atlanta Falcons. Hey. A lot of family, a lot of family up there. My blood <laughs> brothers are diehard Atlanta Falcons fans. So, you know, I just hate them. But um, I'm going to start. I'm going to talk about some key matchups, to be honest with you. Uh, they lost one of their best safeties, uh, KZ, mm. and they replaced him with a guy they called up from the practice squad. So in the passing game, we should be able to expose them. But, but the biggest key for me is in the trenches because you know that's where I live at, right? Second year pro, Caleb McGarry. Um, he's from Washington. He was uh, They traded up for him late in the first round. He's supposed to be the real deal. However, for me watching his college tape and me watching his first, first few games in the pros and much of last season, he struggles with speed rushers. Uh-oh. So I look for Brian Burns to expose this young man. I, I look for Brian Burns to dominate this young man all game long. Everybody watch out for that matchup. Right tackle, Caleb McGarry. 
against Brian Burns. I think you're going to see something special from Brian this week. Mm. Um, I'll flip it over real quick. Something that we have to actually look out for is they're getting some guys back healthy. Tack McKinley, one of their edge rushers, is back. And also they, they acquired Dante Fowler this uh, this past offseason. So when you look at that duo, healthy is kind of one of the best duos in the game. I mean, those guys are they, those guys are solid. There's nobody to sleep on. So hopefully we can get Russell Cone back this week because we're going to need him. And hopefully we still get dominant play from, from Taylor Moten. Another thing I like to take a well, this is probably the obvious, but I don't think there's a team in the league that blows leads like the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> I was listening to a podcast recently with uh, Patrick Peterson and Bryant McFadden, and one of the things that they pointed out is that offensive coordinators are typically egotistical. They have an ego problem. So what you're seeing from Atlanta and Dirk Cutter is when he has a lead, he doesn't know how to just you know, send the ball, run the clock out, just keep running the ball. He has to make it look pretty. So even if we get down in Atlanta, we should be optimistic that we'll have opportunities to take advantage and get back in the game. But I don't think anybody wants to see that. I think what we want to do is, you know, from the start of the start of the first quarter, we're gonna say fifteen minutes. We wanna we wanna dominate them, play Absolutely. in and play out. Absolutely. Uh Julio Jones is supposed to be coming back healthy, but anybody that knows Julio Jones, he's rarely ever playing healthy, so mm. That's the matchup we got to look out for. I think Will pointed it out is collectively, schematically, we just got to put together a game plan where we can actually contain him. If you can contain him, you can worry about everything else. You know, I know Calvin Ridley's a great receiver. Uh, hopefully Dante Jackson is studying film day in and day out because I'm sure he wants to get some get back from getting embarrassed last season oh, by that man. So uh, another big name is uh, they got a tight end that, that's pretty big. He's a big target. Knows how to catch passes. He scored a couple touchdowns for him already. He was actually on our draft board, four-man rush draft board, a couple seasons when we were looking at getting tight ends. But Hayden Hurst, he's also in Atlanta now, so they do have another weapon to go to. He's kind of been like a safety blanket for Matt Ryan these first few games of the season. Um, other than that, you know, I'm looking at the offensive line as the biggest opportunity for us. It's not the best in the, in the league. Their whole right side is young and experienced. We should be able to dominate in the trenches. That's what I'm expecting. That's going to be the difference of the game. If Derek Brown, Kawan Short, Mottos, and Brian Burns get after this, get after this offensive line, it should be a long day for Matt Ryan. If you look at their history, even when we were beating them back in 2014, whenever we had significant wins over the Atlantic Falcons, Matt Ryan was on his back. I think one year, um, dang, what's the old boy? Oh, Greg Hardy. Yeah. Greg Hardy has sacked Matt oh, Ryan four times. I think we had seven sacks on a day. We blew the Falcons out. The Whoop way you beat the Atlanta Falcons is getting after Matt Ryan, so that's going to be my keys to victory for this week. Yep. We have to get pressure on Matt Ryan. If we do that, everything else will fall into place. Facts. Real talk, real talk, real talk. Uh, Kev, you want to you take it now or you want to go to Will? Oh, no, I come on in now. Um, like I said, I had to give our, our local uh, Atlanta oh, yeah. resident the uh, the flow there to oh, yeah. uh, to get everything started because I already knew he was gonna say fuck the Falcons. So you know, so behind, I'm, behind so I'm enemy sure lines, that man. segment off right. He behind enemy lines, you know. Say that again. He's behind enemy lines. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, just overall, what 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 I want to see from this team, you know, heading against the Falcons is. The fact that what are, would this team have any type of killer mind frame? We got a wounded 
team that's downright desperate, coach down there in Atlanta, hot seat as hot as hot as hell from from what I've been hearing from my little tidbits of information. Cause, you know, like Larry, I also got family all down through the area, pretty much Augusta, Georgia, and Atlanta, Georgia is where where my father's side of the family from. So they definitely uh, <laughs> they definitely uh, fired Dan Quinn um, Facebook pages and everything coming up. So. Yeah, coach definitely on the hot seat, but yeah. I just want to see if we just got that killer instinct in us to go ahead and, and, and chop this bitch's head off from the jump. Like, come down there, let them know, you know, what went on with Rivera, don't go on with Rule. And I I, I just I understand that we're under we're considered underdogs, even though they haven't won a game, but the fact that we haven't won there since 2014 mm. is enough for those that's been around for all those losses, particularly Shaq Thompson. You know, he was drafted in 2015. He's never won in Atlanta. Never. Wow. Ever, 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 ever. So, you know, my, my thing is, you know, I, I get the X's and O's. I just want to see what type of energy, what type of cutthroat mentality this team going to play with in all three phases on offense, defense, and special teams. Because I feel like, even though we're we're young and this, we should blow these boys out the water. I'm just gonna say it. Not so much from a, a because we're more talented than them, just more so because we're tired of losing them and we're tired of hearing their fans talk shit. The Falcon fans are already saying we don't win but two games. We'll beat Carolina. Right? Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, I I I I just I just needed just to be. I just needed to play just for them to hush. You know. So for me. If, if we don't win in Atlanta, it's going to negate the two wins that we've got for me. Agreed. It, it, it'll just it'll just nullify, you know, everything um, as far as that goes from, from my own personal perspective. Like I said, this is week five, Tim. I've been on record of saying, mm. hey, you know, preseason per se is over. These next 12 games, if we're allowed to play 12, will um, uh, we'll, we'll definitely dictate um, what, what's going on. And to let Larry know, uh, the record was nine sacks back in 2013. I just looked it up. God. So, you know. Oh, nine sacks. There you go. Oh, say that again, Larry. You broke up on us, man. Hey, Larry, your your signal's breaking up, bro. Well, why wait for him, Tim? Yeah, uh, he was sacked nine times for 49 yards. Now, even though the game was a nail-biter, because uh, we only won 21-20, but, uh, you know, you know, Matt Ryan was on his back more than a $40 trick. So, I mean, <laughs> he was just <laughs> – I mean, the defense was just was just eating the whole game on, on, the, uh, on that defensive line. I mean, it was just crazy. Uh, Greg Hardy had four sacks. Charles Johnson had two. That's six by your defensive ends right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, Frank Alexander, Mike Mitchell, even Starler Toulet got in on the, on the game. So we're going to need something similar like that to break this curve. Oh, man. Yeah, it's, su- it's super choppy, bro. It's like it's like real choppy. I think the Falcons are intercepted his his wave, man. They know we're talking about him. Yeah, they're, they're mad as hell at you, bro. Yeah. Well, we'll 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 hop on over. You. Hey, Larry, we'll come back to you, bro. Uh, we'll go ahead and uh, tell tell us your take on the uh, on the game and uh, what what we need to do and what can happen. Yeah, I mean, this point, man, it's just embarrassing. I mean, one in seven against these guys. The last eight games, haven't won there since 
2014. I mean, you want to call it a rivalry, but is it really a rivalry when a team just owns you the way they have over the last – I mean, enough is enough at this point. I mean, to me, this is the biggest – I don't even really care about the rest of the season right now. This game is my Super Bowl so far. I mean, it's – you know, I don't – it's like, man, like, we these games aren't even been close, man. Like, Matt Ryan's back there looking like a – First ballot Hall of Famer going untouched. <laughs> and Julio, what, put up 300 yards one game against us? It's like, mm. you know, at what point do these guys just get tired of losing to this team and, you know, step up and try to end this streak? So I think, man, I don't really care what their record says. We know this team has talent. We know Matt Ryan is a former MVP. Mm-hmm. I mean, I want Julio Jones to play, so hopefully he's going to be out there. I think, um, I mean, Calvin Ridley's always given us hell for the last since he's entered the league and we just haven't been able to block anybody i mean our offense can never keep up with them because we're getting beat up front so i mean hopefully you know it's a new regime here now hopefully matt rule establishes this new confidence in this squad that they can go into atlanta and get a win from these guys man enough is mm-hmm. enough enough is enough you know, it's you know it's been too long man it's when you haven't beaten a team since 2014 in their dome, it's like, you know, it, it gets old after a while. We just, you know, it's a it's a big week for me. I don't, you know, I don't pay attention to the records, the 0-1-4. I expect us to be underdogs on the in Vegas regardless, which we should be. Mm-hmm. You know, I just think do what we got to do. Just go out there and let's end this streak, man. You know, and play tough, play physical, play fast, you know, play to the whistle. Let's see if we can come out here and steal a W and go to 3-2. and two. Hey, I'm ready to fight at this point. If we don't get a W this week, Falcons fans gonna have to fight me, bro. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm, done, I'm done with the trash talk. I'm done not having nothing to say. They just gonna have to fight me, bro. I'm sorry. <laughs> Larry coming in like in it, like the NFAC and shit. <laughs> and also, you know, I want to see Dan Quinn get fired. I grew up across the street from the defensive coordinator, Raheem Moore. So you go ahead and fire Dan Quinn. Then my boy gets the head job. So I, I, I want to see that happen too. Interesting. Interesting. Hmm. Um, what do you think the uh, odds are in this game, man? Are we we're going we're going to take this one, fellas? I I, I, I I'm I'm expecting to see a uh, a strong showing by the defensive front again. You know, uh, KK does. We don't have to rely on KK quite as much, so we get, we got that nice rotation going, so he can ease back into you know game game speed and uh, getting getting back into game shape. And Brown's got got his confidence. Burns got his confidence. Maddox is is hungry, man. He he's, he's tasting it, man. Well, I don't know what what, what you th- what you think, uh, Larry. You think we're going to take this, man? I mean, I wish I always. I wish one day I could have the optimism that Kevin has. But I'm going to try to be as optimistic as possible. On paper, looking at the film, this is a very winnable football game. But like I said, I've just been i been living here in Atlanta for the last four years. So since I've been living here, I don't know what it feels like to go into that stadium and get a W. So, like, I'm kind of reserved. Like, I'm kind of nervous. Out of all 16 games in the schedule, mm-hmm. this is the one that makes me the most nervous. But, <laughs> like I said, watching the film, looking at what we've been doing, looking at the way things have been trending, looking at how how battered and bruised they are, mm-hmm. this is a very, very winnable football game for us. Right. Yeah, I think they're going to come out 
with more energy this game. I think the first road division game we had, they were a little bit flat in Tampa. You know, they just weren't ready for that. But I think now that we got our road division game under our belts, they're on a two-game winning streak riding high, I think they'll come out with more confidence, be more crisp this week. So I expect a good showing. I think, you know, Teddy in a dome, he'll be in his element. And, I mean, he's got a defense that gives up a lot of yards, gives up a lot of points. Mm. We should be able to slice them up a little bit and fill up the stat sheets. I think the defensive line, golden opportunity for them to get after themselves. And when you got these corners are hungry, you know, Russell, Douglas, Dante, they want to prove mm. that they're, you know, worthy of starting positions and can be one of the better corners in this league. So I'm just, you know, I'm excited for the guys. I think they're going to come out, play with a high energy level and go down there and make us proud and try to get this W, man. We got to end this streak, man. It's, we do. We do. <laughs> enough is enough. Enough is enough. <laughs> Dang, how much can I stand because I can't stand no more? <laughs> Kevin, what you think, man? We get this dub, man. Yeah, we're getting this dub. Like Larry said, you know, I'm, I'm usually optimistic, but I try to keep my optimism close to reality. And, you know, just based on what I've seen, you know, last night game, Monday night game, and what I saw from us Sunday, I, I don't see why we don't run it up a little bit. I'm I'm gonna have us winning 38-21, right? Um, in Atlanta, and I, I was kind of hesitant to put that 21 because don't know you know how healthy they're gonna be. If if Julio ain't playing, I'm gonna drop that to 14. Mm. <laughs> but I, I at least I expect us to put up another 30 burger for this game. Uh, and, and you know, with like I said, with the injuries that they're having, you know, they get some some guys back. The way that our our skill position and plan and the way our offense line is slowly but steadily improving, I don't see why we don't push for possibly forty in Atlanta. I, I don't see any reason why not, as long as we don't, you know, penalties and turnovers uh, don't get in get in our way. I'm go ahead and put me down for thirty eight twenty one though. This is a big game for DJ Moore too, because uh, Kendall Sheffield is is their speedster defensive back. Hmm. I'm pretty certain they're going to be putting him on uh, Robbie Anderson this week. And yeah. Isaiah Oliver will be left with the task of, you know, guarding DJ Moore. If anybody's going to get off on this offense, it's got to be DJ. Got to be DJ because Isaiah Oliver is one of the worst-rated cornerbacks in the league. Absolute draft bust. It's time to get after him. Right. And if I'm not mistaken, didn't uh, in 2018, wasn't the uh, second game in Atlanta with DJ Moore – uh, caught his first pass. Oh, and yeah. Got touchdown, if I'm not mistaken. That stiff arm. Um, yes, sir. I was there. I think, I, think, I, think uh, I think we podcasted that for that one, didn't we? Uh, yeah. Jim, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We sure did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that was the one where he caught it across that middle and, and just and took off. So, oh. you know, you know, by all means, you know, if you if you got DJ Moore on your fantasy team, I, I strongly recommend you starting him. Um, you know, because, like I stated, he's – his numbers make it seem like he's producing, but when you're when you're dubbed the guy, when 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 the goat himself, Smitty, has said they haven't found no one to replace him until you, you got to come through with them yards early and often, not late trying to be great. Yep. Um. Yep. You know when the game is matter, go ahead and and and, and step on next early and often. So, um, yeah, man, I'm I'm going with the thirty burger, possibly seeing a forty burger uh, this week from our offense. I, I I don't see no reason why not. Hmm. You know, I'm gonna have to agree with you, man. I, I I think I think it should be in the 30s, mid mid to high 30s, 35, 38, even. 
Um, Atlanta scoring. I mean, they can score, man. I mean, come on, it, it, it's a pro offense. They have they have a guy that's been there, done that. And even though he didn't win a ring, I mean, Matty Ice is who he is. I mean, the man, the man can throw the ball. He can read the defense. Um, but like Larry said, man, we got we got to hit this guy. We got to hit him often. We got we got to just hit that guy, shut down the run, make him one dimensional, and and just and just punish that dude, man. That Brown should get the heck off on the, in this game. He sh- he should get off unless, unless they decided to double him and have a one on one with KK. And you know KK is a technician, man. He's gonna get his regard. I mean, so pick your poison. But yeah, I, I, I see us winning this game too, man. Hey, I was gonna ask Larry: Is uh is Max still on playing on a on a all pro all uh, pro bowl caliber they center they they got down there? Oh, Alex Mack. Yeah, him. Uh, he was kind of trending down the last couple of years, but he's still solid. I think Jake Matthews used to be at a high level too. Yeah. He's been kind of trending down. Mm. Collectively, their offensive line just hasn't been that good. Mm. But I look to attack that right side with Chris Lindstrom and, and Caleb McGarry. You got to get after them because those are the young guys. Those are the those are the, the second. Oh, where'd he go? There's Lawrence. Oh, where'd he go? Come on. There you go. All right. My bad. I'm at work now. Yeah, but you got to get after that that right side of the line with uh, Chris Lindstrom and Caleb McGarry. Got to get after those young guys. They're the most inexperienced. That's who we can exploit. Plus, we have a – I look at it as a mismatch. Caleb McGarry cannot block Brian Burns. He just can't do it. I haven't seen him do it yet. I haven't seen him be able to block anybody as far as speed rushing goes. So that's going to be the key for me. But Alex Mack is still solid, Kevin. That's your question. He's just not—he's not playing at that Pro Bowl level that he used to. Right, right. Okay, okay. Well, then we should—we then we should eat, man. Them, 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 them that front's going to eat. Then hopefully our linebacker play will will, uh, will carry over from this last game, and we can see these guys doing what they're supposed to be doing. Um, I mean, so. one of one of y'all mentioned it first. You know, you got to shut down a run. Let's not just ignore the fact that. You know, uh, Todd Gurley's not there. He's there. Word. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't sleep on him. Don't 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 sleep on the, on Gurley, man. It's, it's that's still Todd Gurley. Bad knees and all. It's still Todd Gurley. <laughs> uh, Will, you have anything else to add, man? Before we uh, before we wrap up. No, that's pretty much everything. I mean, look forward to a good game. Try to. Go to Atlanta, get this win, and go to three and two. Who would have thought that through five games? So, see what these boys got, man. See if they can keep this thing going. Winning feels pretty good. Mm-hmm. It sure the hell does. And if we win in Atlanta, will I say we uh, make plans to go to uh, go to Atlanta and celebrate at Fellowship? <laughs> right on, right on. Well, um, well, folks. That's, that's about it. <laughs> uh, we broke it down and we uh, gave you something to look at <clears throat> further as in terms of the uh, the game coming up on Sunday between the Falcons and the Panthers in Atlanta. That's a one o'clock game. Larry, is that one o'clock? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. Yeah, one o'clock game. One o'clock game, man. So y'all y'all be ready to watch that because I, I got a feeling we about to see a See, uh, uh, how long has it been? Six, six years, five years of redemption in one game. <laughs> A five-year redemption in one game, folks. 
Woo! All right, Larry. Appreciate you, brother. You know you got the old J-O-B, man. Do your thing, homeboy. Yes, sir. All right, folks. Um, Kevin, you want to you wanna have a parting shot to the fans real quick? Yeah, as always, uh, we want to thank all the fans to support the four-man rush on all levels, on all of our social media accounts. Uh, want to thank you guys for that. Uh, I personally want to thank each one of you guys in the four-man rush for getting us where we did, Tim, you know, the work that you do. Uh, Will, you know what I'm saying, for his for his fat checking and knowledge and breakdown. Like, I just want to thank all you guys for for making us slowly becoming a, a social media force for for Carolina Panthers facts and analysis and um, breaking it down. So I just want to thank all of that and, and give you guys, since this is going to drop tomorrow night on Wednesday, um, not sure what time, but if you listen to it, be on the lookout for uh, we're going to have a Carolina Panther All-22 film oh, yeah, man. Um, breakdown on our YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. So we, it's going to be our first time, so bear with us if there's some some kinks and some delays as we uh, get it figured out live. But uh, we're looking forward to start doing that every Wednesday night around 9 o'clock. So, uh, mm-hmm. Tim, if you get this dropped before then, oh, and, someone, and y'all listening, um, just be on the lookout for that YouTube notification that we're, uh, we're going to be doing a... Um, a Panthers All-22 breakdown of uh, of the plays from this past week. Oh, for so sure. So check it out. Oh, for sure. They're, they should be listening to this podcast while they're drinking their coffee in the morning. I ain't playing no games. <laughs> we need to get this out to the peoples, man. We got to get it out to them now. Well, so, hey, y'all, y'all check that out, man. I mean, have an actual coach film breakdown by the four-man rush. It's, it's, it's a whole other game, folks. It's a whole other game. It's a whole nother game. Y'all, gonna, y'all really going to enjoy that. Um, we're about to make YouTube. The Four Man Rush YouTube channel is about to be the the second second best Panther channel to the actual Carolina Panthers channel itself, damn it. It's about to get real. You guys enjoy that. <laughs> All right, so on, on behalf of Kevin and Larry and Will and uh, obviously myself and the whole Four Man Rush crew, we'd like to thank you guys. Hope you guys are staying safe. If you've listened to this podcast in the morning, afternoon, or evening, Please stay safe. Wash your hands. Wear your mask six six feet apart. Be smart. And as always, keep pounding. And that is a clear. Dig it. Yay, yay. Good job. Good job. Good job. Oh, boy. I can't wait to Sunday. Damn, Tired of losing to these guys, man. Tired of that mess. And they and then they're really not that much better than us, man. They're not. Nah, it's like I mean 2015, that was a good game though. In Atlanta in 15. I mean they just made more plays than us that day. Three weeks, but you know what I'm hiding. Yeah. But then the 16, we just man, they were just better than us in 16. Mm. In 17, we won in Charlotte, but had a chance to win the division in the finale. Play like one of the worst games I've ever seen. I was heartbroken that and game. At least offensively, it was one of the worst offensive. Cam and Greg was just out of sync. Yeah, I was. It was just ugly. Ugly. And after that, man, eighteen and nineteen, it just hadn't been close. No. <laughs> we had we had Kyle Allen last year. Right. Lord of mercy. 
Lord, I know. She love it, we out in public and we can just chill with my partners and we can go back to my crib and just chill out the covers and do we come in and you love us. The Four Men Rush is brought to you by the love and respect of and for the Carolina Panthers and Carolina Panther fans everywhere. Keep pounding. The Four Men Rush is a non-affiliate of the Carolina Panther organization. All thoughts, assessments, and content of this podcast is directly related to the Four Men Rush exclusively. Thank you.